This is the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. We have your back with everything from games, lessons, and coaching. YouthworkerCollective.com Welcome to the Youth Worker Collective Podcast. I am Jeremy Steele, and we are going to be talking about the thing that all the church pastors, a lot of church leaders, all kinds of people are kind of like holding their breath over. Uh, we're going to be talking about General Conference 2019 and uh, the way that we deal with that with students and youth ministry. But before we head into that topic, uh, I'd love to go around and introduce ourselves. We'll start with you, Audra. I am Audra Welch Malvez. I am the Director of Adult Ministries at Plymouth Park United Methodist in Irving, Texas. In Austin. My name is Austin Levirafon. I'm the Associate Director of Student Ministries at McFarland Memorial United Methodist Church in Norman, Oklahoma. All right. Well, um, let's talk then. General Conference is happening. For anyone who is listening to the podcast that's not a United Methodist, just probably gonna you're probably gonna want to just skip. <laughs> but no, but the, <laughs> church, church drama, denominational drama is actually present everywhere in every denomination. And so, uh, you know, you can substitute your own denominational drama into this uh, discussion. But in the United Methodist Church, we are uh, heading into a large denominational meeting that's going to happen in February, where we are trying to have resolution around the controversy in human and sexuality. So there has been a commission that has studied that and we've had reports and church court proceedings and everything. And it's it's now going to be happening in February. And there's people lining up on every conceivable sides, inventing new sides to be on. And there's churches that are talking about leaving or splitting or staying or all kinds of things. But it is possibly the most boring and least pretty part of church life. And so the question is, how do you approach that in youth ministry with students? And specifically, this one right here that we're at, both before and after whatever happens, what is your plan? How have you addressed it so far? And uh, then we'll kind of go from there. Uh, We'll just start with you, Austin. Yeah, so within youth ministry, and like you kind of said, if you're not really uh, aware of what's happening in the Methodist Conference, sometimes it can be kind of confusing. But like I think you said, everybody understands uh, church drama when it comes to politics. And uh, one of the things that we've kind of done with our youth ministry and just as a church as a whole is try to prevent crisis mode and not to have people start to panic whatever decision might be made. And like you said, there's so many more decisions coming up or plans coming forth. So with our students, uh, we really just are focusing on our call to present the message and the, and the gospel of Christ and not to fixate on politics of, of church sometimes. So we have not really come forth and addressed it. And a lot of that is also because we're waiting for what is decided at general conference so that we have more of a congruent message to move forward with both as a denomination, but also just as McFarland, because we ultimately have put forth the message of McFarland is going to continue to be McFarland. Um, and we're going to continue to love and we're going to continue to do um, what McFarland does within the context um, that we are given. So that's kind of where we're at as a youth ministry. Right. Audrey, what about you? How have you guys thought through 
processing this uh, with the teenagers at your church? And we're in the exact same spot as often. Uh, <laughs> we have kind of not really talked about it as a church. Our, I think the first time our senior pastor mentioned it from the pulpit was the last week in November. And, and that was kind of the first a lot of our church had heard about the called conference in and of itself. So our youth know that this place is where they're welcome to be themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we reiterate to them over and over again. And not only that, but we have had uh, members of the LGBTs community, not only active and participant and members of our church, but also serving on leadership in visible ways. So our teens see that and our response has been Plymouth Park is going to be Plymouth Park. Our mission is to serve the poor. We're on the highway. We have a great relationship with our local local police department and we run a food pantry out of our church. We run an assistance ministry. We are in direct ministry with the poor and that's where our ministry is focused on. And this is a place where all people are welcome. And we kind of live that out. You know, we can't control anything that Mm -hmm. happens at general conference. We don't have anyone from our church that's going as a delegate. So we're just going to have to pray and trust that our church leadership as a whole denominationally is wise and is willing to listen. You know, I come out of the Texas conference, which is a political powerhouse in this whole drama. And I feel lucky that like I left all my friends behind in that, like that (laughs) I don't have to deal with all of it (laughs) because like, I know that my friends are feeling it in a very, very, very strong way in a way that my conference isn't because of the games that are being played. And so I know that they're really struggling and, you know, they've talked with their youth and they've had families that have already left. You know, they just try and talk about when their students ask questions, they just talk about how you know God created each one of us and, and loves every one of us. And a, a large denominational policy won't change that. Yeah. That's really what you guys have said has been, um, I think, the a common theme. I think that most youth ministries are not really having a big meeting about it. Right. And that's not to say none. I also know a handful of stories of youth ministries that are doing that. They're often in churches that are very activist churches uh, around yeah. this general conference. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, when, when there's lots of church talk from the pulpit, when there's lots of meetings, lots of politics being played in the church, uh, like political leaders in the church, those kind of things, uh, it's going to be raised as a bigger issue really everywhere. But for most churches, I think they're in the same boat as you guys and as us. We're in, and I've actually heard, it's funny, you guys said almost the exact same thing. And it's the same thing I've heard a million times over. McFarland's going to be McFarland. Plymouth Park is going to be Plymouth Park. We're Christ United. Christ United is going to be Christ United. Trying to uh, reassure people that the ministry that we're doing is being done by the people that you have hired that are here. And in a way, it's it's interesting because it's it feels like most local churches have sort of been systematically over the years minimizing the exposure of the average church person to what has happened at any given general conference, including this one. And I think it's just because it's not a pretty thing, to be completely honest. I believe that God can move through those sort of systems and structures, but uh, it just there's something about the kind of overt political side of the church that seems disheartening to people. But I think y'all kind of are on the same page. I think that most people are in the same place doing about the same thing as you guys are. So here's the question, though, because it's not just have you had a youth group 
lesson around general conference 19. (laughs) How do you respond to a teenager who comes up to you? My mom or dad said the church is going to be doing this or that. And I have not heard about it. I don't know anything about it. What's going on? How do you respond to a student who comes from a, a family that's gotten interested in this issue politically? And I guess talking about that a lot at home, that 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 student comes to you with questions as a leader of the church. How do you respond to that? Yeah. Like one of the things I think about is that with our youth ministry staff and our greater church staff is that we were presented with, and we gave our youth staff just the, in our volunteers, kind of the information, like just here's, is what is being talked about. And here's how to address those things with a student. Because one of the things we didn't want to happen was this discombobulation with what uh, our messages were. We wanted to make right, sure that right. we weren't pushing forth a personal uh, agenda unless it was the agenda that McFarland has taken on, which is we want to, whatever it is that we're doing to be changing lives, to change the world for the sake of Christ. So like, there's the, the student that will come and will say, I have heard this is happening. We even have students in our own youth group that have come from down the street at church X that has made a decision that drove that family away. And now they're here and now right. they're having the stories. So it, it is, it's a hard kind of terrain to navigate because you want to never tell a student, Oh, we're not going to talk about that. Right. Um, yeah. Of course you do. Cause I mean, they'll be out the door the next day, mm-hmm. but you just want to come at the student with everything that you've been told about what is factual. Um, this is what's being talked about. And, and then start a conversation with the student and say, you know, what are, what are your thoughts about this? Mm-hmm. Make whatever they have affirm whatever their belief is and make it make it valid just because we may have differing beliefs one of the things mcfarland has said to our senior leadership which i'm so grateful for that they've helped us to all come together with this message is that we at mcfarland believe that whatever happens with general conference 2019 that we can still agree to disagree and serve alongside one another Mm -hmm. i think that that conversation comes out of fear and anxiety And naming it as such can be really powerful because yeah. it, you know, just, just saying like, hey, this is what it is. And, and then that kind of loses some of the power that that fear can have over the situation and point out other major things. I mean, we've gone through a major political election that was full of uh, almost an equal amount of tension and anxiety. Yeah. Right. And, you know, here we are on the other side. No one's died, allegedly. Right. And like, <laughs> um, <laughs> And this is a, that is a totally different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of question is more going to come from an older teen in a way that you can address it and just say, like, you're aware of what's going on in our world. You're aware that the church has continued to be the church in the midst of the chaos. And that's what we're called to do. And our God is a God that spoke over the waters and they stilled. And living into that, and if I were to handle that situation, I would say something like, hey, we're in this together. We don't know what's going to happen, but we do We do know that our God is greater than all of it, and that God is greater than all of our political nonsense, yeah. and can work no matter what. Yeah, and, and, go, you know, and we just have to... to be faithful to God, like we're expecting God to be faithful to us. All right. So there's another kind of aspect to this that I think a lot of youth workers deal with. And this happens on a number of different issues, not just this one. But when somebody has a a teenager in youth group 
and may volunteer at random, buy pizza or let them come over to their house for something. The, you know, a lot of times the, the youth pastor is really the, the staff person, the church staff person that a lot of the adults in the church know best. They might not know the senior pastor very well. Um, and, and the larger the church is, the more likely that that's the case. So uh, a lot of times with a lot of issues, like I said, not just this one, there will be church people that will say things to the youth pastor, you know, like, I'm angry about this. We're thinking about leaving or, you know, I really don't agree with X, Y, or Z that the denomination or the pastor said on this in a sermon or her sermon on Sunday. How do you deal with that when a kind of disgruntled church member slash parent, youth group parent comes to you with some sort of, you know, really significant, maybe we're going to leave the church or maybe if this keeps happening or, you know, those kind of things, like significant concerns. How do you deal with that as a youth pastor? Mm. I know that it's happened, but I feel like I've blocked it out out of like <laughs> shocking. <laughs> right. Austin, where, what about you? Uh, one of the things that I think about with anybody who's disgruntled that will come to me and whatever the matter may be, whether it's the way something was handled, even in something like just on a a mission trip or Mm -hmm. a lock-in or at a retreat or a camp. And there's some anger or just some hurt for whatever reason, whether it be I knew about it or it just was brought to my attention right then and there is that if I'm ever uncertain about how to address that person to always seek counsel yourself about how to move forward. I've had times when I've had parents come to me who have said, you know, I am, oh, like, let's say it's general conference, uh, just for an example, and they, they come and say, well, you know, if, if this decision is made, um, we will not be attending this church anymore. Mm-hmm. And the spectrum of replies kind of really depends on what's your relationship with this family? Is this a family that you do? They, they host your small groups week to week. Do you feel comfortable and engaging in a dialogue with them? Or is this a family that you see their kids because they're dropped off in the driveway and then all of a sudden the parents are like out of there as quickly as can be and you didn't even know that this was the parent of that student? Like, right. Or is it a parent that you want to say, well, why wait till then? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, but I think ultimately I would never just say, well, that's dumb. That's stupid. Uh, Unless it is that parent that you're just like, like, wait, like you don't have to wait until then. (laughs) I would never discount or say that, oh, um, that's, that's a stupid reason to leave anywhere where you can start a dialogue, anywhere where you can can continue the relationship. You're increasing both their stock in the church. Cause one of the things people want to know is that they're heard. Right. Um, that's a huge piece. Uh-huh. So if someone has an issue with something that's gonna go on a general conference, hear them and then remind them that general conference is this big entity um, that is kind of the political ruling force over the Methodist domination. But and like we've said before, it, it might sound like we're beating a dead horse, but you know, but we're we're gonna be McFarland. And mm-hmm. just because this decision is made, where are you worried? Like, are you like tell me, like, tell me where are you worried that's gonna affect how we minister to people? Yeah. You know, how is that gonna affect? how your student grows in his relationship with Christ on a Wednesday night with their small group leader uh, during confirmation. Right. And I, I think too, you know, it's helpful to ask them some version of what do you want me to do? Like, how, how can I, how can, specifically can I help you? Are you like yep. needing to vent right now? Cause totally vent with me. That's fine. Do you need me right. to help you? Cause you know, there are people that are voting from your area and you can tell them how to contact those voting people, or maybe they need 
they want you to make sure that the the senior pastor knows or the some church leader knows that this specific family is uh, ready to leave and whatever it is i think one of the things that is important when somebody is upset is to make sure that you kind of clarify what their expectations are uh, so that you can meet yeah. those you know mm, very true yeah, definitely yeah that's always the question that i ask is like okay so where do we where do you want to go from here mm-hmm. you know like if you know i've had that disgruntled parent not necessarily about the general conference issue but just in general like you said you're know, taking did you mention taking issue with the pastor and then coming to you to talk about it or like just something? Yeah. Am sometimes. I making that up in my head? Yeah, okay. no, no, that's so, yeah. So I've, so I've had that. Um, and in the role that I'm in now, I get that a lot more often. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's my first thing, right? Like Austin said, was just kind of hear and validate and, mm-hmm. you know, say, okay, this that's fair and valid. And, and then like, like you said, talking about, well, what do you want to do from here? And I always ask the question, like, what do you want me to do? What do you want to do to change this? Mm-hmm. And if the ultimate answer is leaving the church, I've had that with two people uh, or two families in our church in the last probably year or so. And one of those families has left and has found a new church home. And another family went and shopped around for a couple of weeks and came right back. And, you know, here they are. And, you know, that's okay. And I, you know, for both of them, I was able to point them in direction of here's a church that might fit you what you're looking for. And and being connected to the other churches in the area, that's really helpful. And to just say, look, if we're not meeting, you know, this need, and if it's a very foundational thing, there's another church out there, especially mm-hmm. down in Texas, where there's a church on every corner. Yeah. And and I think that's that's a helpful piece too. like, I mean, sometimes, uh, sometimes people just discover that they're not Methodist. Right. Like Mm -hmm. they have a very different theological or sociological view or uh, and uh, in that case, I think the best thing for us is to say, well, this really is kind of what it means to be a, a Methodist. And so it's not something that our church even can change, you know. That's yeah. it's it's a yeah. denominational thing. And and so I'll tell you that you might feel more comfortable in a Baptist church or you might feel more comfortable in a Catholic church or whatever. We I actually helped the family through something like that. And they 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 left. And then six months later, they were back and they're like, you know what? <laughs> This isn't that big of a deal to us. And all of, yeah. we went to all these places and their youth ministries were horrible. <laughs> That's what I heard too. <laughs> and so that, you know, when it came down to it for them, it was like they wanted their kids to love Jesus. They wanted them to to be in a, in a youth ministry that cared about them. And all of a sudden this issue was, you know, it, it put it in perspective, but, but I think also it was the willingness to stand your ground in a way, it, not in a rude way, but just in a, well, I guess, I guess you've discovered that you're not a, a United Methodist. <laughs> Here are the denominations that kind of are more in line with what you're talking about. And uh, it's not the the first answer, I don't think, <laughs> but I mean, sometimes that's, that's really where you are. That's okay. <laughs> right. Right. Because if you don't, your family and I have so many students that I have to, you know, and, and I can't just pour everything into trying to keep this one family. If they're not going to, you know, agree and, and that's going to what's that's going to be what separates them. That's ultimately that's their prerogative. That's their decision. Yeah. And if you try to minimize it and act like it's something that the church could change or get over, you know, they're just never going to be happy. You know, exactly. ultimately they're, they're just not ever going to feel like they fit and always kind of be bristling. And maybe they need to go check out the other churches and realize that issue was not as important as the, 
the care of, of good pastors. <laughs> yeah. Um, the grass isn't always greener. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And you standing your ground and uh, in a loving, respectful way uh, might end up what brings them back uh, into the fold later. Well, thank you guys for talking about this. I mean, this is a issue that's so it's, it's just weird and, and it almost feels odd to talk about it before it happens, but, but it's bubbling up all the time. And, and like we said, it, it happens over all kinds of different issues, but that's, that's really what, what we want to do here at the youth worker collective. We don't want you to feel like you have to think through these things by yourself alone. Uh, but when you sit down and get online to, to work, we want you to feel like you've got people around you that can uh, help you. And that's what we are. Youthworkercollective.com games and ideas and lessons and podcasts like this one at youthworkercollective.com slash podcast. <laughs>